right there. Yeah, <laughs> Welcome to the How to Pant. <laughs> right. Hi, uh, this is Real Men Feel. I am your host, Andy Grant. Um, we are a weekly program live at five o'clock on Blab each and every week. This is a space to allow and encourage men to feel, to allow for their emotions, to express them, to feel them. Um, you don't have to be a man to be part of the show uh, by any means, but uh, we do have a man joining us as a guest this week. And we always have a man riding co-host with me, uh, my friend and fellow coach, Apio Hunter. Hey, Andy. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Good, good, good. And today we have a... Well, we always have unique guests, but I feel like we have an especially unique guest today, Luke Watley, um, because Luke is a psychotherapist and yoga teacher. And that seems like a strange combination to me, but maybe I'm just not in the loop enough of psychotherapists and yoga teachers to know that they often combine and meet. So how are you doing today, Luke? Oh, very well, very well. Um, it's, it's fun to be able to talk about what I love. Awesome, awesome. So, and we want to yeah. talk about kind of allowing life to guide you today. So, so yes. why don't you share how you were guided to end up as a psychotherapist, perhaps? Yes, yes exactly. I think that's a, a great, um, a great um, segue into uh, allowing life to guide you. Um, when I was 15 or 16, I started to read some Freud and some Jung. And I was very interested in Jung. Um, I loved the ideas. It expanded my horizon on on human spirit and my perceptions of it. And uh, when I read Freud, it actually contracted my impression of uh, of what human life was about. Uh, I, I read in particular um, his book about interpretations of dreams. And each interpretation that I read from him sounded like I could have come up with another one. And I didn't see why mine would have been worse than his. Um, so I felt I could argue with him. I, I understand um, what he was saying. And, and, and Jung had the opposite effect. So I felt like I belonged to that world. And um, a year or so later, when someone I had uh, met, I, I was a busboy in a restaurant and he was a waiter and we worked together. And he asked me, Luke, what do you want to do when you grow up? And without thinking about it, I just said, I want to be a psychotherapist. And I hadn't thought about it. I, it's not like I had an idea before he asked me that question. And so um, it, it was a discovery. And um, so I talked about it with my dad and uh, being a historian and having done some psychoanalysis himself, he said, well, why don't you do medicine and study psychiatry? Then you'll know about the body and the mind. And um, and uh, that would be a good combination. And so I said, why not? So I entered in pre-med. And then after two years, I realized, no, medicine is not my bag. I just couldn't see myself studying medicine. So then I started to um, take some classes in psychology, thinking that I would go into it that way. But I was bored to tears. Um, to be honest, I got A plus in each class. But I didn't feel it. And in those days, I couldn't have told you why. Um, and for some odd reason, instead of going to see an advisor and asking, okay, this is my situation. I love Jung. I'm not feeling it in my classes. What do I do? I didn't do that. Instead, I, I, I gave up the, on the idea of being a psychotherapist and I went into mathematics. It was also a love of mine. 
And mathematics led me to uh, do what's called biostatistics, which is statistics applied to medical research. So um, you can do that in academia, helping medical doctors do their research, or you can do that uh, doing research in the field of biostatistics, improving the field, or you can uh, be hired by a pharmaceutical company. And I did a little bit of all of that. Um, and, uh, but my heart never felt that I belonged so there. Luke, what, and, was it the same sort of yes, feeling in ahead. class, not connecting to when you're actually working it, or was it somehow different? Can, like, how do, how do you identify not feeling, not feeling um, it? Wow, okay. Wow, okay. So when I was doing biostatistics, it was like, um, if you do something you like, like maybe you like doing um, a crossword puzzle, but would you do that for the rest of your life and make a living at it, right? So I felt that kind of thing in biostatistics. I could do it. I had fun doing it, but doing it every day and contributing to the field, that felt overwhelming. And I thought there's something missing. I need to figure out who I really want to be. And so... Um, I didn't know how, I mean, I was still reading books in, in uh, psychology. I had my favorite authors, um, but I did not know um, how to get there. And so I just continued in biostatistics, but I kept fighting inside of me. Why am I here? What am I doing? In the course of that, I had some really peak spiritual experiences. One was a dream um, that basically told me that I would do something else after uh, biostatistics, but it didn't tell me how I would get there. Um, and another one was a vision. And I was awake during that time. I was finishing my dissertation, and somehow my mind went into this space where I saw myself entering a cathedral, which was filled with people. And the only spot available for me was at the pulpit in front. And so when I stood there, I knew I needed to speak to these people, but I didn't know how to start. I didn't have any spiritual things to say. And that was in, um, at the end of the 1980s. So it took me 30-some years to figure it out. Um, but eventually, life brought me to do, a, to do uh, yoga. Through, and I had sworn I would never do yoga. But um, a friend of mine who had back problems said, hey, Luke, there's a class for people with back problems. Would you come and support me by doing it, taking it with me? And that's the only way I would have done any yoga classes. It's by helping a friend. And I'm the one who continued in yoga, and she stopped. Not only that, but I started studying several styles, and I, I didn't know anything. I realized I had much to learn. And there's one in particular that... Uh, my heart felt particularly attracted to it. It's called Kundalini Yoga. I felt blissful at the end of classes and I became a teacher in that. But Kundalini Yoga is not just yoga. It's also about numerology. It's also about um, healing. And I started studying healing. And at the end of teaching a, a yoga class, I would ask my students, hey, do you want to stay a little longer and I'll practice healing work on you? And they all stayed. I had maybe five students at that time. They all stayed, and we, stayed, we, we, we worked together for another hour after the class was over. And as I did, and the kind of healing that we do in, in Kundalini Yoga is not by 
injecting energy, positive energy into the other person. It's by feeling their energy and then resolving the blocks inside of us, inside of me. And so as I start to feel people's energy, I start to feel I could either dissolve. Are you following this, Fabio? I, I am. It looks like we do have uh, some technical difficulties at the moment. Right. Yeah. Luke, we've lost you. Uh, oh, gee. Um, let's see. Oh, he's Oops. lost some There it goes. Okay. Right, that was actually we can actually go on with it. Um, Sarah, I, I saw your question there You know uh, about when Luke was talking about how it felt like it was not a deep enough purpose, not connecting to that deep, deep, you know, instinctive purpose definitely feels that way it looks like luke is back hopefully we'll be able to get it back on there he is and all that we can but yeah they asking that question that that's what it seemed like to me mm -hmm. and how i would describe it as well absolutely like you you're drawn to something that feels good and then doesn't feel it and yeah you can't at least i've never been able to good put words on it mm -hmm. to say when are you feeling again even if you say it like i'm feeling it or i'm not feeling it it's like just That's the best you can describe it. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Or, yeah. or I thought it would love this, now I've done it a little bit more, and it, yeah, it doesn't fill you up the way it did at some other point, too. Yeah, and, and I definitely agree that the analogy of the crosswords puzzles was, was perfect. Now, it's something that's enjoyable, but do you really want to do it for the rest of your life? But it's very tough. I mean, plenty of things, especially growing up and when people ask you that question, what do you want to do when we grow up and when you're taking classes, if I... I put that on to everything I came across, I'd probably get answered a no all the time. Like, you know, I like one of the movies. I like, you know, I like eating pizza. Would I want to do it all the time for the rest of my days professionally? Like, no, probably not. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I don't know if Luke can hear us or not, but Luke, if you can actually hear us, sometimes when you're in the room and you're trying to get in, but you can't get in, you can still hear us. Try refreshing your browser. Uh, that might knock you out, but just, you know, hit the call in button again, and we'll get you back on and we'll continue the conversation. So in the meantime, let's see here. Uh, what do we have to say as far as just reading some of the comments here? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, uh, Sarah. So, so Sarah's question is seeking something that has continued uh, to inner uh, that continues your inner growth or just growth in meaning to you. Uh, it really kind of boils down to one's personal definition of, of growth and how one feels one's path. Um, that's, that's how I certainly interpret it. Uh, there we go. Okay, so, oh, so Luke, you can actually, he is part of the conversation as far as uh, the comments are concerned. So let's see here really quick. Um, so I guess, yeah, Sarah, could you, would you mind rephrasing that question again? I think I understood it, and I'm, under, I'm, I'm kind of responding to it somewhat directly or as I understood it, but uh, now we've lost Andy as well. And by the way, Fonzie, uh, thank you so much for joining the conversation. Um, so let's see here. So even making pizzas, there we go. Andy, we got you back. Yeah. I was trying to find, hey. I, can't, I can't find a way to accept Luke back. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's Luke, let's do this. We're going to kick you out. Try call, try refreshing your browser and then uh, calling back in and we'll get you back into the conversation. Okay. So we'll try it that way. All righty. <laughs> hey, every every week brings a whole new set of, of um, challenges with Blab, doesn't it? 
It's a perfect example of allowing life to guide us. Absolutely, yes. I mean, we could not ask for a better example. <laughs> sometimes takes you into blab, sometimes takes you out of blab. <laughs> yep, exactly. So we're just going to keep on rolling with it. So, Sarah, your comment, uh, even making pieces at pizzas could be continual growth if you love the depth of it all and you keep learning, learning in the pizza-making world. Yeah, and I, I'm sure I, that's why yeah. some people really go into it and love having a pizza place and, you know, there are people that are passionate about that, right? Right, right. And Fonzie, um, real men, you know, I understand what you're saying as far as you know, the implication that need, uh, men needs to earn viability. Um, and again, everything boils down to personal interpretations. And, and certainly we can appreciate uh, how you take a, how, how you see that, certainly. And, and uh, Fonzie, I took that, I intentionally used that term in, in naming this show and the whole movement because it is so it was already such in popular culture. And I've seen mm-hmm. real men do this, real men, and all these different definitions. And so mine's just like, well, what, what if real men, what if being real just meant that you could feel? That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. a really good place to answer. All right, so we've accepted <laughs> okay, Luke, so but he's still trying to get in here somehow. Still kind of stuck. Okay, well, allowing life, <laughs> going with the flow. <laughs> we will allow the block to continue until it no longer serves. <laughs> exactly. And Luke, if you want to... Uh, participate just through the chat. That's fine too. You know, we can read the chat out loud, or we can respond, or we can kind of continue that way. That's that. That's uh, that's viable as well. Mm-hmm. All all possibilities, all uh, paths are, are doable. My mom used to say when I was growing up, "If you can't go hunting with a dog, go hunting with a cat." So right now, we're just going to pull out the cat. So, okay, here we go. So it looks like he has refreshed the browser. As we're waiting for him to come back on, why don't we go ahead and continue the discussion about being guided? You know, the I I, I can tell you from my own personal experience, I, I follow a very similar path to, to Luke. You know, I did things, I made decisions based off of what others wanted for me and based off of the fears that were oftentimes communicated to me and that I made my own. But then as I started to really pay attention to how I was feeling about my path, I made different choices. I stopped caring about what others wanted for me, and I started paying attention more to what I wanted for myself. Hence, where I am right now. Yeah, uh, and that, that, that's a big part of like life and growth and your own personal growth has to get you to that place where you realize what you think matters as much, if not more, than what other people think and their decisions and you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Allow, allowing life to guide you, allowing you the twists and turns doesn't always mean you're going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's taking out the ups and the downs and it's, you know, taking... it's easier if you allow it. Right? That's exactly it. correct. And uh, the more you fight it, the more miserable you feel. That's certainly been my, my experience. Every time I resist something, every time I, I'm like trying to change what it is that's happening, I just find myself encountering not only more resistance, but I get all worked up over it. It is, um, it, it just is, um, it ages me a lot. <laughs> and it causes flare-ups of depression, of bipolar disorder, of anxiety, and everything else. So, okay, let's see if we can get Luke to come on in here. And, and there's a line from, I think it's Byron Katie, every time <laughs> I fight what is, I lose. Exactly. So accept what is, and you end up winning. Yeah. Oh, let's see here. Okay, Luke. <laughs> we can we can try having you just 
join through the chat. Keep on going through the chat. That's fine. Um, let's let's take a look at uh, some of the, the questions that are, that are coming yes, in yes, from the chat. Being signs. Mm-hmm. The more I allow myself to see signs and let go of trying to determine if they are coincidences or not, the more I am guided. Yeah, and that that's like a label I just decided to drop. Like, oh, what, what if it's just a coincidence? Well, what if a coincidence equals a sign? Like, what if what if coincidences can guide you to where you want to go? Like, who who cares? When, like, when did coincidence become like a bad thing and synchronicity or signs were better versions of it? I'm just Right. And, and I've never been one who's been big on signs, per se. Um, I certainly look at, uh, I, I use the word hints instead, <laughs> you know, suggestions, um, guideposts. Those, those are the words I, that feel most comfortable for me. Because for me, signs is too much about, you know, um, ancient, um, I don't know, just... Ah, there we go. There we have Luke. But basically, too much about superstition. Signs is, to me, I associate that more more superstition than actual guidance and, and being guided. So, but, but that's, that's just. And, but do you find it like calling something a coincidence? Kinds of it makes it you belittle it. Kind of it's, it seems like less ignore yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely yes. I, I do. I do feel like a coincidence is belittling it in many ways and trying to explain it away. So, welcome back, Luke. Wow. <laughs> well, I I, th- I was alone for a while, so I didn't know what was going on, and then I decided to get out and come back. That's fantastic. No, we're glad that you did. Yeah. So you're talking about coincidence versus what? Um, like for instance, seeing signs along the path. You know, being being guided right. by things. Because one of the things that was that was very fascinating and when you were talking about being guided by by your feeling and how you felt and how you ended up where you are because you were right. always paying attention to your feelings. Um, Sarah, right, right, right. Thing about seeing signs and trying to determine if it's a coincidence or not, and determining if she's actually being guided. So um, I tend to not like to use the word sign only because I've always associated it with superstition versus, uh-huh. you know, um, just seeing, noticing something as a, as a message instead. Mm-hmm. See, the, the way I think of it is the same way as the law of attraction, mm-hmm. except that with the law of attraction, we're taught to tune in to something you really want and then feel the feeling of it and feel the love you have for it. And if you stay stable with that, eventually it'll come in your life. Right. And what I'm talking about here is that it's whatever you're coming to life with in your soul. You have a purpose that's already there, that has an energy that attracts things to itself so that it can fulfill that purpose. It is the law of attraction, but applied to the soul, not to the mind and the heart. And that the power of the soul is more more so than the power of the mind and the heart because it's consistently there. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, it's not unstable. Mm-hmm. The only instability is the connection we have with it, and that's the only way that I can explain how I became the psychotherapist that I want to be is because my soul knew who I wanted to be. My mind didn't know. So, but so life still brought yeah, me so, there. Luke is is a. Is the, the essence of allowing life to guide you always filling souls? I, I believe so. 
And I believe that our hurt and our lessons are connected with our purpose. So there's no separation. So, so whatever life brings you is a step towards right. yeah, your even, purpose. Even if it hurts or you don't like it, it's still nudging you along. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Especially if it hurts. Especially if <laughs> yeah, it life hurts. Doesn't, at least in my experience, life, it, yeah. it may not seem this in the moment, but at least in hindsight, I can see that anytime life has seemed to hurt me, it has been to get me moving in the right direction. Exactly. And it, 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 it's kind of hard to say to someone who's just been raped, right? You wouldn't say that, hey, wow, life is guiding you somewhere. You have to be sensitive about it when you have a client, right? But, but my clients who've been really terribly hurt finally see it by themselves with, with um, the right kind of questioning and trying to get away from the, 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 the victimizing and more the empowerment that comes from integrating that experience. So you broke up there a little bit on me. So what you're saying, moving from what to empowerment? From from victimization to empowerment. That's what I assumed it was, but I didn't want to assume. (laughs) Yeah. So it looks like we have a question here. Sounds like you're talking about a fate or birth promise. What if the template you're born with is a negative one? Um, Doesn't like that idea. It's sort of like astrology. It makes life feel rigid. So how would you how would you speak to that? Um, my own experience. I can't speak from other people's mm-hmm. experiences, but I know from the work that I've done on myself and from um, uh, hypnotherapy sessions that I came with definite wounds and I came with a definite purpose. For example, in my life, I recognized I had talents in mathematics that I couldn't explain. I could not explain it from my education. I was the math whiz in my family. I recognized when I started doing math that I was tapping into something that I was born with. I could not explain it in any other way. When I started doing Kundalini Yoga, it was the same feeling. It's like entering in a space that feels... And I was born with that knowledge. Life just needed to give me experiences to remember what that knowledge was. Because I start to say things in the classroom that other people were not aware of. Um, so, and there are other things in my life, like construction, like, um, like the work of, uh, uh, of craft, uh, working with clay, that in me or playing music, I have a little bit of music in me, but not the talent of my son or, or, or Mozart or a Beethoven. I, there are things that are not a, a part of my makeup. Mm-hmm. And so you can call that fate if you want. I call that evolution. It's the evolution of your soul. If you don't believe in, in, um, in reincarnation, then you have to figure out how, how you would integrate that in your, in your worldview. Uh, but I end up believing that I, I had a, an out-of-body experience, and that gave me an experience of a part of me that is eternal. And that led me to believe there's continual growth for this part of me. And my body and my mind are just a vehicle to help mm-hmm. that. So, you know, that, that, that's, it's fascinating that you should say that. Because, you know, when I'm, when I'm working with people or when I'm in a state where I'm actually channeling... Oftentimes, the feeling that I get in response to certain questions, especially that come up with regard to this whole issue of fate and, and, and being guided or whatever, is that we come into this world with a, with a definite intention, 
but that does not negate two two powerful elements which are part of our experience which is first of all the human experience which is one of the reasons why we decided to come and you know, take on a body but you know to experience all of the um, various things and discoveries and, and adventures that come with having a human experience. But it also does not negate the fact that we can change our minds whenever we want, that we always have that free will, that we always can, can you know, change direction or go in a different way, which might still be aligned with that purpose with which we come in, that, that passion for which we come in. But we can still change direction and we can still kind of go around. I, I think it depends on the on each individual. Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely. I know that if I, you know, when I tried to get out of the path of statistics, life would always guide me back <laughs> into it. I could not escape it. Mm-hmm. For uh, I, I, I tried several mm-hmm. times. I could not. Once it was time for me to switch away from that field, that field never opened up again. There was a definite restriction to what I could and could not do in my life. On the other hand, somebody else might have a much more wide open field to what their experiences are going to be because what they have, they're coming, what they came here to learn and to give is very different from what I came here to give and, and, yeah, and to learn. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, 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 right? so I cannot make a generalized statement that life is going to be a certain way for, mm-hmm. and, and, for everybody. Right? But for me, I can, I can definitely tell uh, there were some um, some things that I really experienced, and some things that I needed to uh, that I was protected from experiencing. Mm-hmm. Does fate ever feel rigid to you? Have, having a past, I don't think about it. I don't think about it as fate because I'm an into. It's like I don't believe in past, present, future. It's just a construct. So everything is happening at the same time. Fate implies that. I don't know, so that, that there's a, a, a past, present, future. What, what about the initial question of um, asking, what if you're born with a negative template? Do, do you find that, can someone just be born with some sort of darkness or negativity that, that is really part of their, their core? Um, sure. Like a Hitler, for Let's instance? Um. I cannot talk from experience on that one. I know that I came, the, the way I see it is like my soul has mud patches on it and presented in my body and my mind. So I have blind spots. I have certain things that I need to grow in. When I grow, these mud patches one at a time get, get dissolved and removed and my, my, my soul can fully shine. It's, so I'm, I'm, my soul is whole, but there's cover it and I can't see the full shyness of it and I believe that's true for everyone so maybe a Hitler comes with a, a soul that's completely covered um, but I've read uh, stories of other people who work with people who are um, um, demons on earth they, they do blood sacrifices and, and things like that and, and these accounts say these people can actually be turned back into the light uh, under certain certain circumstances, but this I I just read about. I don't know from experience. Mm-hmm. Oh. So Apia, what about uh, kind of people we did that that you come across? Like, so I know from from when I'm doing Akasha record readings, mm-hmm. I often have people show up believing that they are somehow just negative and wrong and and even cursed or something, and 
I just never find that to be the case. Mm-hmm. That's that's been my experience as well. Generally, whenever I come across somebody like that, and they have this impression that they are just, yeah, everything is going wrong. I just carry this negative energy about me and everything else. My experience has been that generally they have they have bought into this illusion. They're paying attention more to the negative experiences than to the to the light, which is the essence of their soul. And you know they're being guided more by all the external factors and paying attention to all the external factors versus paying attention to what's coming from within. They, they've bought into this this illusion that that you know life happens versus you can create it by choosing by allowing by paying attention and allowing it to guide you. I agree with that, Apio. Um, I, I heard somebody um, at, at a, a, a group that was talking about um, the law of attraction, and he said, I've tried to go into that vortex, and um, but as soon as I remember all the misery in the world, I cannot fully experience the gratitude and all of that. And the way I resolve that is that we have life lessons and we have something to give. And so when we forget what we have to give the world, it's easy to feel miserable about the state of the world. I muted it myself there for a second. But we don't have to go there. We have a... No, I I was was going to agree with you there, and I had muted myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So so what happens is that... we, we, this world has a lot of things that we can improve, right? Famine, wars, um, what have you. And if we just look at that and forget that we have something to contribute, then we can easily be completely depressed about the whole state of affairs. But if we remember we have something to contribute, then it's no longer about feeling miserable about what's going on. It's about being consciously creative, like you suggested, with what what we have. and then we can get out of anxiety yeah, and depression. The, the world is full yes. of experiences and, and varying ranges of good and bad or indifferent or whatever labels you want to give it. And it, it really, where do you as an individual want to put your focus, your attention, your energy into? Right? The, yeah. the good stuff you see or the bad stuff. And, and even people that look at the bad and right. don't think they're being negative. But if you look at, quote unquote, what's bad or you don't like and decide that that's how it's always going to be. That, that kind of gives that more strength and you can fall into that place of like, oh, it's always famine and war and that's all we are and we're just a messed up race and we don't belong here. And I say that from personal experience. I, I felt that right. way for a long time. So. <laughs> Been there too. <laughs> we, yes, it, It's totally. part of the human experience, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But even that can be a sense of being guided there. Yes. Like we, we can be guided into the depths of misery to decide that we are powerful enough to come out of it. Um, I, you know, when I finished my degree in mental health counseling, um, no agency would give me a job, n- not even an, uh, an interview. And that put me into the depth of uh, the darkest space in my life that I can remember. The only way out was to realize, oh, I have to truly believe in myself and, and stop waiting for the rest of the world to believe in me. And that was an epiphany. Uh, I was able to get out of darkness at that point, and I realized that there was something very powerful about being alone and not being given an opportunity by anybody else. Yeah, that that's huge. You know, one of the things that uh, I consistently like to to share with 
with my clients and the people that I work with is that when you love you, when you are able to truly passionately love yourself, then the world, the beauty of the world is truly reflected back to you. The world loves you in return. Right. And when we're always looking at that, yeah. It, I totally yeah, agree it's, with that. It's, it's the most incredible feeling. And I've spent most of my 47 yes. and a half years, uh, you know, trying to figure that one out. And it took me 46 yeah, years exactly. to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. 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 My yoga teacher, Yogi Bhajan, used to say, be you and everything mm, will come to that. you. That is so good. The difficulty for me was I thought I was being me and nothing was coming. <laughs> so being you means, you know, releasing all of the negativity you have about you and just being pure. Oh, yeah. Being as pure as you can. Yeah. And believing in that. And, and but that took me a while to learn. Yeah. It's a lot of trial and error to figure out yes. who and what you are. Right. So, so one one question that came up was if, if you could tell us a little bit more about the work that you're actually doing now, how the psychotherapy fits in with the yoga, and how um, what you know the activity of it, the tasks and the methods and so forth that you use. Do you keep them separate? Do you integrate them together? How how does that all work? Yes. Yeah, so, because of my life's experiences, something that wants to live that wants to be uh, expressed. Um, and so uh, in my therapy, I believe that my clients have that in them as well, that there's something in them that wants to express itself in the world. It could be a dance, it could be um, uh, you know, scientific experiment, who, wh whatever it is, I cannot tell. And if they're confused about who they are, they don't know either. And usually when they have a mental distress, be it anxiety, uh, be it uh, depression, bipolar. Um, these are expression of distress, of, of being stressed out because they're not in touch with their soul. I think Sarah mm -hmm. said something like that. Um, and so my job is to help them reconnect with that light in them, who they really are. I'm, I'm like, I call myself a midwife of the inner world. I like that. I give birth to their spirit. And I don't try to fix them. I don't try to um, diagnose them. Um, if anything, if they already have a diagnosis, I, I use it as a symptom of a disconnection. And so I help them reconnect. And then the disease goes away. It can be diabetes even. You don't have to think of it as a mental illness. Any physical ailment is a, sim is a symptom of a disconnection. And so when we reconnect with our true power, with our true light, these things disappear slowly or sometimes instantaneously. It's, it's amazing. So my work is, is a work of um, uh, helping people with self-inquiry, with, with reconnecting with their body, feeling the source of distress in their body instead of thinking of it in their minds, and then allowing their body to speak to them. So some of okay. the signs There's that a very Sarah important. was talking about earlier, that, that are signs to follow and, or coincidence, whatever we want to call it, can be our own body. All the, all the messages are there already. The messages are there. And, and I trust that my clients have the answers. So I don't have to give them any answers. I just have to guide them to, to their answers. Right? Um, so for example, um, I was called a guy called Richard Schwartz. He's a psychotherapist. And he had a person, 
a client who had um, a problem with food. She was anorexic. And at some point, he said to her, why don't you talk to your anorexia? And she was very reluctant to doing that because she was so scared of it. She thought the anorexia was against her, like a devil, a demon inside that was stealing her energy. And he had to try to help her see that maybe it's not a demon. Maybe it's a part of her that she doesn't know enough to have a, a, an impact on letting it go. So she decided finally to accept, to use the essence of her and to talk to it. And she realized it was trying to protect her from something. Once she was aware of what it is that it was trying to protect her from, then she was able to use that own protection herself. And she ne no longer needed to be anorexic. She did it in a positive way instead of in a negative way. And I, can't, I don't remember what it is that the anorexia was trying to protect her from. But to me, it was a very clear example that the body has a kind of a wisdom that we can tap into. And I use that same thing with my... That's fascinating. You should use that example because Science. I have a friend who, was, who went through the opposite extreme. She, she actually was morbidly obese. That was the diagnosis that the doctor had given her was you know, morbidly obese. She did the exact same thing. Right. She ended up speaking to the obesity. She realized that it was protecting her from something. And she... The way that she was able to overcome that was by speaking to it and saying, listen, you, don't, you no longer need to protect me. I'm safe. I'm loved. I'm, yeah. I'm whole. I am perfect. You can go away now. I no longer need your protection. And it is amazing. She is one of the most, right. she, she's one of the most fit people I've ever met. And <laughs> just amazing. Yes. yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Beautiful. And that, that works for a lot of things. I, I had a, a friend who was going through a terrible divorce and um, she, had, she had initiated it. She wanted it. But after having done all those steps, um, she started to feel nostalgic. And she says, Luke, I don't understand. I have this sadness, this deep sadness for my marriage. And I know I don't want it. What's going on? And so I could have given her some ideas but instead of remaining at the level of the mind, I said, well, where do you feel that nostalgia in your body? And she said, it's in my chest. And I said, okay, so forget your husband, forget the interpretation that you have in your head about what it is. Just stay with the sensations of it and just welcome them, feel them. And then I, she was silent for a while. And when she started talking, she says, there's a party inside of me. It was not sadness. It was exhilaration. It was a party. So um, I can explain it afterwards that she was so scared of her future that she preferred to think about what she was lo losing, what she was missing, than what, she, that, that, than what was coming into her life. But her body told her, I didn't have to tell her, which is much more powerful. How many of the people that you work with are men? Are, are you, have you found that like me and Andy, and, and when we first started working with the vast majority of our clients were women and gradually started becoming more and more men? Or are, are, what was the proportion of men that you usually that you work with who are looking for this type of healing? Oh, wow. I have both um, men and women. And um, in the beginning, though, it was mainly women. Um, but then women start to say to their men, uh, you got to talk to Luke. That's usually how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, 
I, I, I don't know, but I have the feeling that there's more reluctance uh, from men to go seek the help of a psychotherapist than mm -hmm. uh, for women. Um, but I, that's just a, an impression. I'm not sure. I didn't do the stats on that. I, I think we have, you know, a lot of, uh, not evidence, but certainly anecdotal <laughs> suggestions <laughs> that, that but, it puts the same direction. Yeah, men are very it, resistant and they need some prodding. And, and it's the same thing in yoga classes. More women are taking yoga classes than men. And, um, and it's a shame. I think, uh, I think men would benefit from it. Um, I think that the fear on the part of men is that uh, either they're not fit to do it or that they don't have the time because they're spending all their time doing yeah. their career. Um, but my experience with yoga and with meditation is that it frees you enough that you can be more effective uh, in your life if you actually practice yoga every day than if you don't. And so you, you benefit in time and in, 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 in energy. And so um, it's, it's a cop-out I could go for that. I could definitely go for that. <laughs> and it looks like we have a bad connection again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh. Uh, here, oh. Sir, thanks so much uh, for, for that comment. Um, we, we, we like to think that it's a great place for, for all the men that are brave enough to step forward, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and on that note, let's uh, give a little plug for uh, if you're looking for more spaces of greatness, <laughs> you can visit realmenfeel.org and also check out our private Facebook group, um, Real Men Feel. If you just search for Real Men Feel on Facebook, you'll find our group and uh, you just, uh, if you're not in it, just uh, ask to join and we shall let you in. But that's a place where we kind of have more private discussions than the public ones we have here. But um, a lot of lot of guests come from within the group. A lot of guests then join the group. Um, but it's, it's pretty vibrant at times. But uh, we've been going for about 40 minutes now. So maybe yeah. time to wrap it up. Um, so I really want to thank everyone uh, that's joined us, all the questions and, and chat room activity. And, of course, Luke, uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, this, despite the... The Thank iffy audio signal, I think, I trust that everyone got um, good value from this. And, uh, yes, Fonzie says, good show. Thanks. Excellent. So thanks for joining us, Fonzie. I haven't seen your name before. Yeah. And, and Luke, is there Thank a way you, that uh, anybody who's interested in your work can get, can get in touch with you? Uh, yes. My site is inner, I'll type it, worth.com. And worth is with E-R-B-A. -E like That's Earth. a great term. I love that. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And there's www in front of it, of course. But so thank you so much for hey, the show, guys. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll be back live next Tuesday with attorney, speaker, and founder of Project Positive Change, which is something that Apioa and I are both involved in. Lee Daniel will be joining us. Uh, that's next Tuesday live. Um, until then, thanks for being here, Apio. Absolutely. Thank nice you. you Luke. And everybody else. And uh, we'll talk to everyone soon. Have a great week. All right, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.